the Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode 125 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. And if you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, which is called Baseball365. Over there, we are close to having about 3,000 members talking about baseball every day of the year. There are great minds in this group who are on daily and will help you if you have a question about a player or a team or if you just want to talk about the game. There are plenty of great people over there. I could I could go on for a half hour just listing off members that I just think are great members and contributors to that group daily. And for those of you that are members already, I just want to take a quick moment and say thank you. You guys make the group great. It's, you know, it's it's a great group and it's something I'm proud of cuz you know, Andrew and myself are two of the three admins for this group, but it's the members that make this thing great. Uh, the best way you can support the show is to go to iTunes. Just by taking a few moments to leave us a five-star rating and writing a nice review is a great way to help us get our names out there, and we would be very appreciative. And as always, all of these plugs can be found in the show notes. And on this episode, we mentioned this last episode, Andrew is taking the host role and he's going to be asking me about my top 100 dynasty rankings that I created and created and sent to him on Monday. This list will be posted. I'll be putting it up on Twitter and in the Baseball 365 Facebook group by the time the show has been is up for you guys to listen to. And now let's get Andrew on. Andrew, we always have a question, and we are at the mid-season mark. We just had the All-Star game, the Home Run Derby, all that stuff. We're at the break. It just passed the halfway point. So it's time to get an update. How are you doing in your fantasy baseball leagues? Um, Pretty good, I think. Uh, I'm in 16 leagues. <laughs> I'm, f- I'm first in four. Uh, Roto Masters one, which is a 15 team dynasty with batting average Roto Masters three, which is a 20 team dynasty with OBP first in both of those. And then I'm first in, um, one of my draft champions draft and holds on NFBC and a 20 team redraft with Tim and rich and bunch of guys, bunch of really good owners that they put together. So yeah, first and four. I'm second and two. Um, obviously, you know one of them because you're first. So, uh, RM2. I think we're going to be going at it here. So, <laughs> that should be fun. But, yeah, you're first. I'm second right now. And um, I'm second in my TGFBI league. I don't think I'm going to catch the guy in first. I actually think – I've told a couple people this. I think the guy that's in first in my league is going to win the overall. Wow. His team is – his team is absolutely insane. It's uh, Peter Christensen. He's draft cheat on Twitter. He has – so he's second in the overall right now, and I'm 15th. And I'm only like four or five points behind him. He has Tatis, Vlad, and Otani on this team. And he has Eloy and Robert stashed. Oh, wow. And he's second in the overall. That means he drafted – was – 
Okay, so no, he picked he picked those two up. Okay, at some point, like Ooh, you know, month month man. ago or something. And he he does have like I forget. I want to say a pitcher that's hurt just got hurt. Maybe I don't remember if it's Kershaw, but he his team's insane. Like it is so insane. And I just keep looking at it, and I'm like, this team is going to win the overall. Like I said, I've told a couple people that. So I feel like I'll probably get second there, but. Um, yeah, and then I'm third in my main event league, which pretty happy with because I was kind of like mid to lower part of it in the uh, first month, month and a half. So up to third, we'll see how that goes. So yeah, overall, I, I think I'd give myself, I mentioned the other day, I think I'd give myself a B. I do have, like just as a grade for this year, I, I do have several draft and holds that are pretty bad, and that's why I'd give it a B, but... Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I mean, like in half the leagues, I'm there at the top, and I've got several that I'm still kind of mid-pack. So, yeah, it's it's going pretty good. Been a really fun season. How about you? This has been my best season in like since I've really dove into the 15-team leagues and draft and holds and all that. This is the best season I've had. Uh, I'm in one redraft league with pickups, and that's it. And it's the auction league that we had Chris Winder and Lucas Beery on before the season, and I'm currently second out of 15 in that league. I'm in five 15-team draft and hold leagues. My rankings in them are third, eighth, second, third, and fourth. So I'm in the running in all of them. What's, what's odd about those leagues are the two that I felt best about early in the league are early in the season are my two worst teams now. The eighth place team has just been getting riddled with injuries, and the fourth place team just keeps sinking. I was way up over everybody in April and into May with that fourth place team, and it's just going in the wrong direction quick, mostly due to pitching injuries. Uh, three dynasty leagues. One, I inherited a team and tore down. I'm in last place. Uh, the other two, I'm in first place. One league very comfortably. I think I'm up almost 25 points in that one. And I've talked to you. My offense is just insane in that one. I've, I've have Tatis Acuna and Otani all on that offense. And I could go on with others, but those are the big three monsters with Acuna going down. Uh, the other one I'm in first place, uh, Rotomasters two, which we were just talking about. And you are hot and closing fast. I, I think I'm only up six points now, and that was up over 20, I think, a month ago, maybe even just a few weeks ago. You have caught fire, and I'm not feeling great about my chances, but, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm still in first, and if my team can get going again, especially offensively, that's what I really need there. So Yeah, it's, been a- it's going to be – what would you put the <laughs> – we're just having fun here, but what would you put the percent on that league? Like, I think In terms I of me think- and you? I think one of us is going to win it, right? Well, yes. I mean, probably, um, right? Third place team is Chris Winder, and Chris probably will listen. And I'm sorry, Chris, but especially after losing Bauer, that's a big yeah, hit I forgot to him. about that. He lost yeah. Bauer, and I think he's had something happen with an offensive player. I think he's yeah. At this I think point, you're right. he's probably more trying to. I mean, obviously, you're playing to win, but I bet he's realistically just trying to hold on to third as just as much as he's trying to try to get up there and catch one of us so i yeah it's a two-team race and i honestly at this point especially because you still have more bullets than me i think i would consider you the favorite at this point especially after you landed otani in a trade this week uh you landed morton i 
think you've you've got more pieces to make moves. I've got a couple, and I yeah, but to... you got you got the lead though. So that is it's... true. Yeah, yeah, it's man, it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be a fight. <laughs> be... Yeah, it definitely is. I'll, I'll just put it this way: I really hope you win RM one and RM three. I'm I wish the best for you in those <laughs> two. I hope you can get yourself two championships in your dynasties. <laughs> Appreciate that. That's yeah, there's those leagues are fairly close too so it's there's a long way to go and now it's time for me to hand the reins to you andrew i have sent you on monday the top 100 dynasty rankings and i didn't look at this again until i this afternoon after you sent me the notes so this is going to be fun to talk about because i've gotten to look at it for the first time and seen a couple things that be like okay i might make a couple changes on this but it's all yours from here all right, so I, the first thing I'll do is um, just kind of have you explain, you know, like the format. Obviously, it's it's top hundred dynasty. Um, this isn't top hundred prospects, top hundred dynasty rankings. So, just kind of explain the format, um, average or OBP, daily or weekly, et cetera. Anything else you want to mention? Very standard here. Weekly leagues, batting average format. Uh, five by five so you're talking batting average wins saves all that all the typical main categories that are the most used in fantasy leagues I mean on base percentage is probably my preference but I think in the grand scheme of things the percent of people playing OBP versus batting average leagues it's, it's still heavily in favor of batting average so I kept this towards what the masses do that wouldn't be a bad idea to actually put some arrows up, arrows down for some on-base percentage like stock. I know a lot of people do that when making dynasty ranks, and I might do that whenever I do my next one because I think this is going to be something I do going forward. Like I'm doing this one. I might try to do one in the off-season, like early off-season, and then do another one just before the season starts. I think this might be a thing I just do periodically a few, time, a few times a year because I really enjoy doing it. It doesn't. It, you, once you do one, it kind of it it gets to be it's fun, and it felt a little easier to put this one together. Nice, yeah. It's I know it's something you can kind of always tweak too. You know, it's like oh, something. Yeah. Some things are always changing. So um, I know you had mentioned it being a little bit different doing it in the middle of the season versus in the off season. Why don't you kind of explain what you meant by that, or kind of how you formulated the rankings i guess yes um people who listened to our last few podcasts where we did the startup dynasty with lucas might be a little confused with some of these ranks if they go look at this list compared to what i guys i took in that draft there's a couple of reasons one of them i've reevaluated i dove into this a little more in terms of some of the players that i took and didn't take and i you know don't I, I I had some things that changed my like I feel a little differently about but more importantly when you're in the middle of the season right now right now matters a lot for teams that are contending and I think that that moves players that are older and pitchers up um you know you know where your team is and if you're competing it's an easier pill to swallow to move a star prospect or even a struggling young major league player for something to help you win right now and that applies for hitting and pitching pitchers can be elite aces and at the snap of a finger can be damaged goods on the shelf for 16 months 
So while it's much more scary to acquire those pieces at heavy costs in the offseason, when you're in the race and you're in a small sprint, pitching's needed. It's a very important. It's half the categories that are in a fantasy baseball league. And if you need arms, let's face it, just about everybody needs arms right now if you're contending. I mean, I went into this season an arm, too, with a very deep staff. And I could still use some more arms. You had a deep staff. You just went and acquired one. I acquired one a few weeks ago. Even if you have a stack rotation, you're much more willing to pull the trigger in dynasty leagues on arms. So that moves them up now compared to in the offseason. And I think the same goes with prospects. I think prospects people dream on a little more in the offseason too, unless you're going into rebuild mode. And if you're going into rebuild mode and selling it in season, I'm, you're, I mean, obviously that's more important, and that's a something I do want to stress here. I guess as we're, I'm going going off on another side tangent, and I, I, Ian Khan is one of the best dynasty players out there. You've played in leagues with him, and he's a very smart guy, and he makes rankings for the Athletic, and he he's talked about this on multiple podcasts. I've heard him talk about a few different things that, whenever he he makes dynasty rankings, it's not the be all end all. If you're a team that's not contending, you shouldn't go trade for Jacob DeGrom just because he's ranked higher on some of these lists than, um, you know, your star prospects. You shouldn't, you, you may be, maybe a one for one, it, it would make sense, but you don't go, you don't, v- veteran players don't have as much value to you as they would for somebody competing. So it's not a be all end all with rankings like this, but when you are contending, you do want to put a little more value in the now than you typically would in the off season. Hopefully I covered a lot. I, know, yeah. I just covered a lot there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, to- I totally agree. I think that um, like pitchers that are pitching well right now mm. are their value. I mean, it just goes up a ton, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to like, because obviously when you're sitting there in the dead of winter and you're looking at guys, you don't know who's going to be pitching well right mm-hmm. now. It's just that, it changes and you can look at your staff. I mean, like you said, in RM2, I mean, I going into the season, I think we both had awesome pitching staffs and I still think we do, but I think we can both agree that not every single one of those guys has worked out exactly like we had hoped, Correct. you know, and it never does with pitching. So you kind of have to always maintain it, especially when you're uh, going for the championship. So I think that was kind of good stuff there. Uh, anything else you want to add before I start off reading these, uh, the best of the best, I guess you would say. Same applies for hitters hitting. I mean, there are hitters that are hitting really well that have popped up that I've moved up significantly. And we'll talk about some of those as we go. So I don't think I need to go too in depth on that yet, but yeah, go on and take the reins. All right. So I think what I'm probably going to do here is I'll, I'll read them off in groups. Uh, probably we'll read off the top 50 and then we'll probably take a short break. Then when we get to 51 to 100, we may just kind of um, have a more free flowing conversation. Just talk about certain guys. I probably won't read all of those off. But uh, yeah, so we'll start at the top at I'll do the top five here and then do six through 10. At, at number one, we've got Fernando. You've got Fernando Tatis Jr., uh, number two, Juan Soto. Number three, Mike Trout. Number four, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And number five, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, first question, is this a tier? I think Acuna is the hard one for me to figure out where the heck to put him. I just, 
I mean, if you're competing right now, it's really hard, and you 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 just lost him, and you're trying to get a championship. I mean, he's a lot less valuable to you right now, and you might want to like. He's the hardest. He was the hardest guy for me to figure out to rank. I think in this entire thing, where do you put Acuna? Because how like if you own Acuna right now, how many people would you trade one for one? And as I looked at those five above, four above him, I'm like, yes, I would do those right now if that got if that. If I'm in it and I need those statistics to compete, I would trade him for any of those guys. Trout, even, I think I'd do just because of the fact that, for starters, it's a knee, it's a ACL knee injury, and you just never know if someone's going to run as much when they come back from one of those. He's young, so there's a good chance he could. But what do you do with Acuna? And I don't, I don't know. I maybe the tier is Vlad one through four right now, and Acuna is just kind of this little in space on his own but so i want to ask you that like where if you if you're looking at my list where would you have acuna on it uh it's it's really hard because i think like you said if you're competing right now and you lost ronald acuna i think you really have to consider moving him mm-hmm. but I think personally, I would be more likely to, you know, hopefully you have some chips, like some minor leaguers, some picks, whatever, and you can go to a a non-contender and say, here, Ronald Acuna, I actually asked somebody this the other day, but like, if you were contending, what would you add to Ronald Acuna to get Fernando Tatis? Mm. And we were kind of like talking about maybe like a top 40 prospect or whatever. You know, if you're not contending and you have Acuna, you hold. In my opinion, you just hold him. Because I still think he's a superstar. I don't really have any too many long-term concerns. I mean, you kind of wonder about like, will he run as much? But I think it's too early to act like we're – We don't know. We know what's going to happen. You know, yeah, we have no clue. So um, if you're not contending, I would just hold him. If you are contending, I think you have to consider moving him, but I'd still be pretty stubborn with it. I mean, he was, yeah, it's tough. So, you know, Jorge Montana, Montana is, I I may be butchering your last name, Jorge. He's with NBC sports edge. I'm in a dynasty league with him in that league. I took over that I'm rebuilding and he is in first place with Acuna and he traded him today, actually. So I can tell you what he got back. He traded away Acuna and a first-round pick. and I think it was – I hope I got that right. Yeah, it was Acuna and a first-round pick for Juan Soto. So that was the deal he made for what he did to get Soto. That's And he's competing? Yeah, first place. That's Yeah, that's fine. Yep. I, that's fine. Yeah, I thought it was a smart deal for both sides, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and if and if the guy the other guy isn't competing, I think it's fine for him too because yep. he's getting you know basically an equal player and a first round pick out of it. So yep. yeah, I mean I get it. It's just it's definitely it's a tricky spot if you're contending because you can't just you know it, it's really tough to just sit there and be like oh I'm gonna go from Acuna to my sixth outfielder and if if I'm trying to win the league you know I mean. You can also make the argument of like how much of your future do you want to sell off to win one year? I mean, that's that's a whole nother debate. But yeah, I just think it's 
It's tough with him. I still think in a startup draft, I would take him. I would take him higher than five, but yes, um, that's a thing. But like the the trade value in season, I mean, it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's hard to know where to rank him because it's context, you know. If you were doing a startup right now, I mean, you're more likely to go young and not play for season one. You and me both. So that that really his injury that doesn't matter as much. Actually, it might kind of help you because if you're doing a startup and and August first, that's when the season began. You're much more likely to have the first overall pick if you're taking Acuna through your first pick because you got nothing out of him. You're getting nothing out of him. So if anything, it's kind of handy. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, the only the only guy that I know 100 percent I would take ahead of him is Tatis. Yep, I agreed. Probably taken two or three, but. It's hard to say. Um, talk to me about Tatis at one because I thought you had Soto there. I did a couple weeks ago, and he Tatis wasn't number one a week ago. Acuna was. But Tatis is just incredible. The guy looked like his shoulder was messed up in April. Came back just a few weeks later, and it's held up. Probably have off-season surgery, but despite missing that time, he's near the top of the league with home runs at 28, and he has 20 steals. At this point, he's a 40-40 candidate, even despite missing some time. He might still go 40-40 this year. Yeah, Acuna's gone. No one else can really do the 40-40 like he can. I, he's just, he's too good. I thought it was going to be Soto. I said it a couple weeks ago, and I think, and you, you guys actually convinced me at the time. I changed him to third after talking with you and Lucas. But even as I've had a couple weeks to think about it. And especially if you're competing right now, I mean, you're getting so much more out of Tatis than you are Soto. And just in a, I mean, Soto is hitting the ball down, and I believe that he's going to be just fine. Soto is. I think he'll. This is a possible. I don't know if I should even say buying opportunity because I think most owners know better, especially guys who owned him last year, if they had him on his team their their team last year. But yeah, Tatis, no doubt number one for me at this point. Cool, cool. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. So um, we'll move on to the 6 through 10, unless you got anything else on these guys. No, I think we've talked a lot about the rest of these guys a couple of weeks ago, and nothing's really changed outside of yeah. Tatis being one to where I really think I'd just be re- we'd just be repeating ourselves. Those guys are all studs, and I'd be thrilled to have any of them. I still would take Trout over Vlad, but I get the Vlad's arguments. All right, we'll go to 6 through 10, and at 6, we've got Bo Bichette, 7, Trey Turner, 8, Shohei Otani, 9, Jacob deGrom, and 10, Ozzy Albies. Uh, the first thing that jumps out to me is deGrom at 9, so I'll have you talk about that. He is, um, with the spider tack thing being uh, gone from the league, I think the gap between DeGrom and every other pitcher in the league has just gone even wider than it already was. Because Garrett Cole was still pitching at an insane level before the beginning of June. His He had a sub-2 ERA and was striking out. I, I bet his strikeouts per nine was probably in the 14 range. I, th- I, I want to say he had, in his first 60 innings, he had 90 strikeouts, having own, having him on a few teams when he wasn't hardly walking anybody. He's still striking out a lot, but the walks are up. The runs are a little up. I, not, you know, we'll get to Cole, but regardless, 
that just means the gap between DeGrom and the rest of the league's insane. I mean, it you do, his numbers, DeGrom, Jacob DeGrom's numbers have not slipped at all since all this happened. I, I, I know there was a lot of people asking about that a month ago, and James McCann and a few others were like, man, this guy's not using anything. He's just – and he's not. I honestly believe yeah. he's out there doing this clean. Always has been. Maybe he had a little bit of something, but it wasn't anything that was giving him the – like his spin rates have not changed. He's still mowing people down, and I just think that to have a guy like that is such an advantage for your team right now that if you've got to give up a young superstar bat and you know that that, that arm you can have down the stretch, I think it can be enough of a difference to where I would definitely trade like – Ozzy Albies the one after him. I would trade Ozzy Albies to get Degrom if I had myself if I was okay enough on offense and I needed a pitcher to get me over the top. Yes, I would pull that trigger. Flags fly forever. You do have to think long term at times, but if you're right here in the middle of the race and you need to win and that's the what's going to get you there, you just don't know. And this actually, I'll even make. I've made this. I've kind of hinted at this and talked about this a little bit. I don't think that this is talked about enough we may not have a league next year we may not have a season to where i i feel even more that if you got chips to throw in you throw them in because yeah i mean we just don't know when we're even going to have a league and if we don't have a season next year and you got these veterans you may not i mean in two years your window might have already passed and i feel that way in our rm2 league i feel like i've got a team that's got a couple year window here and I want to win. And if you're going to, if I could trade to get a Jacob DeGrom, then I would, and that got me a championship. Yes, I would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. No, yeah, I get that. I, I think it has to be a pretty specific situation though. Yes. I mean, to, you know, need pitching, be right there, have the offense that you can do it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's, uh, yes, um, that's a good point. You know, the one thing the one thing I want to say, and I think this is fairly obvious, but some people may not think of it. If you have a guy like Jacob DeGrom, you should be going for the championship. Yes. If you can't win the league or you're, you know, in the middle, you know, mid pack or whatever it is, trade Jacob DeGrom. For sure. Like, it's just there's the and I I know because I've got him on a couple teams and I've been following him quite a bit and I'll tell you right now I'm nervous about that guy. I still haven't sent you that Garrett Cole offer. Like, <laughs> I need to do that. just just in terms of like I'm not saying he's not he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yes, it's two different conversations, but I am nervous about him staying healthy the rest of the year. I mean I need him so I hope he does, but. There's just all these knickknack yes. injuries here and there, and then he's leaving the start and he's pitching three innings and you know only throwing seventy pitches and they're pulling him and like there's just all these little things and they don't seem big until it is big all yes. of a sudden and then it's you know there's nothing you can do really I mean obviously if you're going for it you have to just hold and hope that he's fine but if you're not I mean man I would definitely be uh, looking at the top teams which one needs pitching the most go to them first or whatever you got to do. But I, I definitely would be looking to get a bidding war going, let him let people know he's available, get a bidding war going. And I would not acquire him if I thought, Hey, that might get me in the money. 
that was as you started there. I was gonna say if I was a fourth place team in the top three payout, and I think if I get Degrom, I might finish second or third. I'm probably not doing it. I'm waiting till yeah next year just because I I just I you trade for him to win the championship. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Otani, daily league number one. Number one without hesitation at this point. Yeah. Everything I said before the year and I've said to you for the last couple of years is coming to fruition even bigger than I ever thought. I mean, it th- I never expected the bat to be at this level and him pitching like this. I mean, I'd hear people talk about how this guy could be a 40-30 player. And I I always thought, man, that seems like a, I mean, I guess, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. I wasn't really on board with that. But... Guys playing where well, he could be a fifty thirty player at this yeah, point. I never I never thought his bat would be what it is. It's just it's crazy. Like this guy is crazy. I I, I think everybody knows it at this point. It's just Yep. It's, it's just so insane what's going on. So. In a in a weekly league, he does carry a little more risk than most top ten dynasty guys because he's doing both, but on the same note, he is such a freak of nature, superstar. His value is like, let me ask you this. Would you build around him if you were not competing or would you be tr- putting him out on the block right now? And you, let's say you're, I mean, you're like, you're, I, you're thinking you're probably two or three years away from competing. God, I never have that mentality. That's the thing. I know, but I, I mean, I, I'd always be open to it. You know, like I think you have to always, you're just doing yourself a disservice if, you're never thinking about the possibility of that. Um, in a weekly league, if I own Otani, the selfish side of me doesn't even want him to pitch. I mean, because yeah. it's like a risk added on to, you know, if, if he gets hurt on the mound and he isn't at the plate because of it, then what? You know, I mean, you're starting, it's like, a theoretical advantage or whatever you want to call it that he can pitch and hit. But if you're only starting him as a hitter, then who cares if he can pitch in fantasy in a weekly league, you know? So, um, I've thought about that and I've mentioned before that, uh, I think if you own him and it's not a daily league, you almost just wish he would just only hit because obviously the bat is so elite now that you don't care. Like if, you can only use him in as a hitter because that's all you're using it him as anyways. So given um, I have one share and it's a daily league, I couldn't disagree with you more because I'm getting nine categories out of that. Yeah. Guy. I don't, I don't really think that his bat is going anywhere. Um, like anytime soon. So I would be tempted to just say to hold, but, um, I guess that, you know, there's a, a little more risk, like you said, because he's pitching and hitting with, with health and stuff. But. Manager could change his mind and be like, okay, we need to get him more days off in between. Or Honestly, I think it might be more likely they'd just say we need to scrap pitching because he's hitting so well yeah, at this right. point. But if he stops hitting at this level, if this is like peak and it dips a little, which I don't expect him to – like I'm not saying I'm expecting him to be a 50 home run bat year in and out. but Yeah, I think it can, di- I think it can even dip and it's fine. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of – just a matter of injury and stuff, you know, and I don't, I don't think that they're going to give him more time off. I think that they're more likely to just scrap the pitching. And 
I don't think that this, like what he's doing right now with both is going to last that long. I, I know I mentioned that before too, but I think it's probably, you're looking at two, three, I'd be surprised if it's more than two or three years that it, that it goes like it is right now. Um, Mm -hmm. if it goes beyond that, I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised, but you never know. It's just, we've never seen this before. So it's, there's no precedent, you know, it's just kind of like enjoy it while it's here. Cause it may not be here very long. I, that's kind of how I view it. So, yeah. All right. Anything else on these other ones or no, nope, nothing to add. We talked again about a lot of these guys last time and yeah. I don't have too much to go into. I will say that I think the tier ends at Otani DeGrom's kind of in the tier by himself and Ozzy's more at the beginning of this next tier of guys coming up. All right. Yeah. So the next tier will go 11 through 20. We've got Bryce Harper at 11, Jose Ramirez at 12, Xander Bogarts at 13, Eloy Jimenez at 14, Jordan Alvarez at 15, Wander Franco at 16, Rafael Devers at 17, Kyle Tucker at 18, Mookie Betts at 19, and Trevor Story at 20. All right. Uh, Jordan at 15. I'm a huge Jordan fan. I've said that many times. I was floored when I saw him at 15 in these rankings. So kind of explain to me what's different or, you know, how I know. I mean, I I think he went 31 in our mock and you didn't take him there. So kind of explain, you know, is it something changed or what's going on there? A little more diving. And by the way, by the way, I'm, I don't hate it here because I like him that much, but I just wasn't expecting it from you. So to be honest, I read your notes. And I saw, uh, I looked at that and thought, I had Jordan at 15? Dang. <laughs> that was my first reaction when I saw your notes and saw you said that. And I wasn't until I opened up. I mean, I saw that, and then I went open and opened up the rankings right after reading the notes. And um, Or actually, no, I didn't even open the rankings till this morning. It kind of surprised me. I um, So looking at it, I'm a, I'm a little surprised to see him ahead of Devers and Tucker specifically. Maybe maybe Devers, but not Tucker. I'd probably move him back a few spots to 17 or 18, but in a way, this is kind of like pitching with me. Jordan, Jordan is a four-category monster. He's batting. He's hit for. He's typically good for a batting average. He hits a ton of home runs. Runs and RBI are there on a good offense. He's an he's an empty stolen base guy but when i looked at it i was like i i have eloy right in front of him and i'm like i kind of feel like they're pretty close to the same guy i just the one thing eloy's got over him there's is position eligibility in the outfield but actually eloy probably will be a dh by next year or it's it's i don't know i guess they've got andrew vaughn so maybe that won't be happening but Maybe they'll be putting Vaughn out there. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Vaughn might be in left field, and Jordan might be the DH. But um, I do have fears about the knees. That's a legit concern after what happened the last year or two, and I think I would move him down a spot or two now. But, again, this goes if you're competing right now, that's a heck of a bat to get, and I wouldn't sell him unless I was getting an absolute haul back. So, yeah, I – think i've changed my tune a little bit i'd 
I don't I can't say anything about the mock that was a couple weeks ago and sometimes my memory is like a big bowl of mush and I don't remember where I even had him ranked or why I put a little more time into this dynasty ranks than I did that mock I will admit and I you know upon further review I just like as I was looking at all the names and really marking them off I'm like I think I need to have him yeah. higher yeah, I I really like Jordan. I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. I will say I don't. I know it's only one spot, but I don't think anyone is trading Wander for Jordan Alvarez, personally. Yeah, that you know, I think you're right. Even even if even if they're competing, I just I don't think they're doing it. I think you know, obviously, if you were doing that and you were a com- competing team, it's like I need power. But I just think that they would find another way. I yeah. don't think that they would, they would do that. I, but I think I would if I was competing and I needed it. But I also don't know if I'm quite as high on Wander as everybody else. I, I, I mean, he's 16, so obviously he's he's ranked very highly. But I don't think I'm. Yeah, the, I'm not I, the high man on him. I can tell. And it's one spot too. I mean, yes. I'm not trying to like nitpick it that much. I'm just like looking at it because their names are right next to each other. You know, understand. Um, one other thing that surprised me a little bit was that you had Harper below Albies. Any thoughts on that? Or I was surprised about that. Good, good question. And again, and again, it's only one spot, but we're high enough in the rankings that you obviously are going down this list and looking at these names. And um, just based on what I've heard you say about Harper and Albies, I was a little surprised there. Albies is doing something this year that I've not seen him do up to this year, and it's been the one thing that's really held him back, and that, in my opinion, and that's the stolen bases. We're finally seeing more stolen bases out of him that we have not seen. He probably was a 20 overall for me, and going into this season, I don't remember exactly where I had him last, but yeah, he's running, and he's hitting for a little more power. I mean... At this point now, we're talking 25 to 30 home run pace with 20 to 25 steals. That's a big jump up from what he's done. And I just, it's close. He's a couple years younger. It's, I yeah. mean, they're, they're back to back. And I honestly, if you asked me seven days in a row, I might flip those two back and forth by the day. Yeah, no, yeah. These, these guys are all really good and really close. I know we, kind of touched on our concerns with Mookie a little bit, just in comparison of like where most people have him. I think we're both probably on the low end Yeah, and you got him at 19. That's probably close to where I'd have him. I may have him a few spots higher, but I get it. I mean, that's, it's weird to have what him a, there. What about story at 20? Any thoughts there? <sighs> that's how I think that's higher than we've, Kind of talked about him before, but obviously in redraft he was going higher than that. So yes, he's still in Colorado. He has heated up the last month or two. He's been much better than he was in the early going. It would scare me to trade for him because of the fact that I do not think he's re-signing with Colorado. I think it's. I don't. I don't think he wants to be there. I just, God, I'm so curious. I'm so curious where he goes. Yeah, because it's going to just really affect. I think it's going to affect his value. Yeah. I mean, oh, for I think sure. that's I think that's clear. But um, not only that, just like I think that depending on what team it is, it could affect it a lot more or less than 
you know, another team. It just kind of depends where, where he lands. I think it's going to, how much it's going to affect it. So. I believe that guy's going to a contender. I just, the things I yeah, hear, like, I think he if, wants but to like, win. What if, but what if he goes to the giants? I don't think he'll go to the giants. Well, I don't, I don't really either, but I'm just saying like, yeah, but that's I, a good you're point. Gonna, you, you would hate that. Yes. I mean, you know, it's, most and, contenders, that's not a worry though. That is that is one to where it'd be like, ugh. But what if he goes? Yeah. To, what I if mean, Marcus Simeon walks and he's playing second base for the Toronto Blue Jays next year? Then it's like, ooh, that's sexy. Now yeah. that, that's an extreme the other way. Yeah. Right. Right. Could be he's a Yankee. I mean, yeah, it's possible. Glaber Torres, they could decide to trade him this offseason and just go in for Trevor Story, and that I. I could close my eyes and see something like that. You just, but yeah, I think you're looking at instead of a 280 to 300 hitter who can hit 30 bombs and steal 25 bases, you're probably more looking at a 2020 guy or 2520 who's hitting 260. So it it will knock him down. He, but it doesn't mean he's going to be. I don't think his value is just going to dry up in the next year or two. He is getting to the late twenties, so the steel should start getting coming down a little bit. But he's still running real well this year. I don't have his page right in front of me, but I know he still has quite a few stolen bases. Let's see, he has seventeen in seventy-seven games. So yeah, two. Year, I mean, he's run at a great level for four four years. He's pretty much he's paced really well. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. I still think he'll be really good wherever he goes. But I, I mean. Just like Arenado, he won't be the star he is, but again, he'd be nice to have right now. And you just kind of worry about the the where he goes later. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think most of these other guys we talked about on the last couple of shows. So Eloy's going to move. Eloy's move rehabbing, forward. and he's yep. he's going to be back probably what in a week or so, maybe. And yeah, I have no, I have no issue with Eloy ranking nope. fourteen. Young, tons of power, right? Yep. Haven't changed my mind on him too much, so. All right, we'll go to 21 to 30. We've got 21, Jared Kelenic, 22, Manny Machado, 23, Walker Bueller, 24, Garrett Cole, 25, Alex Bregman, 26, Cody Bellinger, 27, Luis Robert, 28, Julio Rodriguez, 29, Brandon Woodruff, and 30, Corey Seager. Uh, I'm going to start with the pitchers here, second and third pitchers. I mean, not counting Otani. Uh, <laughs> after after DeGrom's, the second and third pitchers, uh, Bueller and Cole, back-to-back, 23-24. Um, would you take them here in a startup draft, or is this more about in-season trade value or like kind of a hedge? Where What's like kind of your thoughts on that? Heck no. I mean – I didn't realize till we finished and I went back and looked at my four t- five teams that we drafted in our startups and I took one pitcher for my five teams with my I guess that would be 20 picks that I made one in 1 through 60. No, I wouldn't. Cole I've made my I made plenty of comments last time about Cole and my worries about him not being quite at the level he was. But that said he's still like when I got to these rankings, I like I said, you need pitching, and I thought I was going to have Cole like more pitchers above Cole, 
But as I really got into it and looked at these names and thought, how many of these guys would I legit take over Cole right now? All I could come up with was DeGrom and Walker Bueller. He's, I mean, the thing about him is he's still a horse. The guy had just goes out there and throws 200 innings every year. And he's, he's going to strike out a ton of batters. The ERA and whip, I think, are coming up from what they've been the last year or two. But he's still a horse. And that there is something for that. So he kind of stays up here for that reason. And then Bueller is one that I don't think has been too affected with these rule changes. I haven't really noticed as I've looked into him. I haven't noticed a drop in him like I have some of these other pitchers. So I think he kind of got a tick up in the last month because of the dropping other people around him. So Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I have Bueller in RM1. If somebody offered me Garrett Cole for Bueller straight up, I wouldn't do it. No, I wouldn't either. And I have, and I'm competing, you know, it's nothing to do with that. It's just, I feel like that the, it's not worth giving up the years for the gap in like the production. And especially with the spin rate stuff with Cole. I mean, it's just kind of the combination. There, Does that so. tell that the way you said that tells me that you'd probably have a little bit of a gap between them too. Is that true? Um, not necessarily. No, it's not like I don't think it's close, but I, I would have Bueller ahead. Yeah. Like I just wouldn't trade him straight up in any scenario competing or rebuilding, you know, it's just, would you have any other pitchers above Cole? I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that Cole won't be better rest of season than Mm -hmm. Bueller. I mean, he easily could be, I probably would project him to be, I don't know. It's close, but I think it's a four-year age gap, and to me, it's like if it's that close, and I know I've got the the age gap. I mean, not that age is everything with pitchers; it isn't. We've talked about that many times, but at the same time, it's yeah, it's basically a tiebreaker to me. So I'll take that, you know. Yep, I agree. Um, Just a few kind of young-ish major league hitters: Machado, Bregman. Bellinger, you got 22, 25, 26. Any, any thoughts on them or kind of, you know, they all kind of feel close, don't they? Yeah, they do. Uh, Bellinger's moved down to this tier because he was a top 10, top, he was a top 10 dynasty asset going into this year. But I think the injuries and the struggling that he's had when being healthy has moved him down for now. I think you have to move him down. I think he could move himself back into the top 15 if if he got himself right, I think that's very possible. Uh, Bregman, is, I think he's hurt right now. I was looking at his statistics. I knew he had started off pretty well, but I think, and I'm trying to pull him up right now. When I looked at his season statistics, I was kind of underwhelmed. Two seven, like 59 games played, only seven home runs, 275 average. He was a mess last year, just like all the Astros. And he's not lighting the world on fire this year either to where that's two years in a row of not elite production. We know that he, you know, something was going on when he had the big uh, 40 home run season in 2019 that something was up when trash can gate and all that stuff to where I, I don't I don't know really where to put him too well. I don't have a strong feeling on it, but I he definitely isn't in that elite tier that he was in. So I I think he kind of goes in this tier with those two and Machado who was excellent last year has had some shoulder problems early on this year but he's the top on this list I've moved him up 
from last offseason. Even though he's not been great, he's still been pretty good with 15 home runs and 9 steals, and he's been better in the last month or so. He had a shoulder thing that was bothering him. He took a few days off, I remember, in May, and he he was scuffling, and I think he's getting himself right, and he's starting to play at a really good level, and the thing is with the Padres, they they let these guys run, and that is the nice part that you're getting out of Machado, which is why he's a little bit above the other two is right now, He's motivated on this team that's winning. I think we talked about this before, but I think Machado being on the Padres is very good for Machado. If that guy was in a losing organization, I think that's a guy that I would believe I believe would pack it in more than others. And yeah. him being yeah, on, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Him being on the Padres, as long as the Padres are winning, is a very good thing to own him. I think he most years for a little while is going to be his head's going to be in it. He's going to be performing and he's going to be running as long as this Padres regime is there and letting people run. I don't think that's stopping anytime soon. So I think there's a little bit of a gap between Machado and those two at this point. Yeah. I think with Bregman, you're buying the floor. Yes. Like, I don't think that, um, I don't think the ceiling is crazy with Bregman anymore, but I do think that he's a really good hitter really safe, like yep. just super solid, kind of like Seager in a way who you've got at 30. I mean, I think point. that they're comparable, like guys that I don't, I don't really think are going to have like just this crazy, insane fantasy season at this point, but still, I mean, could and should be pretty good, really good. So yeah, they deserve to be ranked right in this area. I think, um, I think we can both agree that Luis Robert, you got here at 27, is pretty volatile. Where do you see him being on this list like a year from now or two years from now? Do you see him being higher, right in this area, lower? What's kind of your true opinion on him and his future? I saw this question and my first thought was, I don't know. (laughs) Because I think it could be anywhere. He could be in the top five if he got his hit tool thing figured out and was running a lot. I think he's very capable of being a top five, top ten guy. He's also capable of going Victor Robles and just completely falling apart. Not a not apples to apples, but he's got a bad enough of a hit tool to where it could completely just crash. But honestly, I think he likely would probably be in this area in a couple of years. Because he's not going to have the hit tool that gets him up to the top. He's probably a little down from here. Because if he, if he never gets the hit tool figured out as he gets a couple years older, people wear on those players. So maybe yep. he's down in the 40, 50 range. Kind of, kind of like Byron Buxton. He could, he could have a path very similar to Byron Buxton. To where Buxton more, it's, has finally figured out the hitting. And it's been more injuries with him. But it could be one of those things with hitting with Robert where it's like, man, if he could ever figure that out and people are still looking at that, he's still giving good enough stats to be valuable. But as he gets a few years older, maybe he's dipping down. So I'll say if you had me guessing, and again, I think the range of outcomes like you and I have talked about is very wide with him. I'll say two years from now, he's in the 60 range. Yeah, I think he's going to be lower too. Um, with guys like that, yeah, I just feel like once people see it over the long haul, like 
a year, two years, you know, as you see more and more and more and more that he's just not that great of a hitter. Um, I think, like you said, people wear on guys like that. Kind of what you were saying there is, is exactly how I feel about it. Um, I get why he's here, and I think if I was in a startup draft right now, I think he'd be drafted right around here. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that it's – like, I don't see hit. I don't think he has top five potential. I really don't. I, I, I think people say that. But they say it because they see these loud tools. But the most important tool is being able to hit. Yep. And I don't think that he's just magically going to figure that out. So I don't think he, I just don't think he's going to get to that, that ceiling. You know, I mean, it's, it's a ceiling that you can dream on with the tools, but the most important tool isn't there. So that's just kind of how I look at it. I, I don't think he has a ceiling that other people think he has. Well, that just reminds me of Yohan Mankata, former number one overall pick, and Victor Robles, a top five prospect at one time. Those two guys had the tools. They didn't. The hit wasn't there, and both of them have continued going down, one a little more than the other, but still both of them really yeah. have not hit that elite tier that people hope they would, and that the reason is the hit. I will say if you have Luis Robert in a dynasty league and you don't love him, someone does yep. trade them, trade him to that, that guy. And I mean, that's how you kind of maximize what you have. It's like, I mean, even whatever negative, because we're kind of being a little negative on Robert here, but it's like, there's someone that thinks he has that ceiling or is going to be a top five, top, top 10 player or whatever. And, um, trade value matters a ton. It matters a ton. And cause you don't have to keep these guys forever, you know? And if you're, if you feel like you're slightly down on them or you have your doubts, just find the guy that doesn't cause he's probably out there. I mean, it's, a, it's an easy player to like, you know, you can see the tools, but yeah, I just would um, definitely recommend that with him. Yeah, that's a great point. Perception matters in these rankings. Huge. There, huge. Are, there are guys on this list that I personally don't love that are ranked high, and it's mostly because of perception. I know that I don't remember exactly who else it was. This wouldn't have been my number one example, but there was somebody I had ranked in this top 100. I think it was Jazz Chisholm, who we'll get to. But Jazz... I'm not as high on as other people, I think. But there are people in every league that love jazz. So he's ranked where he is specifically because you can get a lot for him in every league. And you can get a lot for Luis Robert. Yeah. Yeah, there's always guys like that. Um, any thoughts on Kellenic and Julio here in the 21 to 30 range or? Looking at we this, kind of got to get this, kind of got to get this moving here. So, yeah, looking at this again, Julio, I think that there's a pretty big gap between him and the other prospects, the next group of prospects, and I think that gap should be a little closer. I don't know if it means the other guys need to move up a little or Julio needs to move down, but I think I would have him closer to the next tier than I've got him right now. That was one little that, thought. I think it's about right. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I mean the kit, the the yeah, Kelnick is going to. I think he's is he supposed to be up this weekend? Are they saying that? Uh, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that. I don't think it's been made official. But Taylor Tremel was optioned the last day before the All Star break, and I heard. I got about. 
I got about five teams that hope that that's correct. So yeah. I hope you're right, but I just haven't seen it yet. So I think the roster slot might even be there. The rumors are he's coming up this weekend. I hope that's true. I'm, I want to see him get a second taste. And yeah, yeah, hope, hold strong with Kelnick, like we've been saying. That's about all I got to say there. All right, let's go to 31 through 40. Um, we've got 31, Tim Anderson, 32, Marcus Simeon, 33, Trent Grisham. 34, Freddie Freeman, 35, Nolan Arenado, 36, Carlos Correa, 37, Aaron Judge, 38, Bobby Wood Jr., 39, Marco Luciano, and 40, C.J. Abrams. Um, I was a little surprised to see Semyon up at 32. Is this like an in-season value thing because of how well he's playing? Yes and no is my answer to that. At this point right now, he's showing an elite skill set. 22 home runs and 10 steals is fantastic what you're getting. Am I certain that this is the new normal? Normal? No. But if you're contending, you're going to have to pay a heavy price to get Marcus Simeon. If you go to one of his owners right now wanting to trade for him, those guys are not going to give him up easy. He has been a superstar hitting atop a superstar lineup. 67 runs scored in only 87 games played. So that's right there, huge. 22 home runs, 10 steals, and even 56 RBI. Those are fantasy superstar to statistics. And there's a good chance he's he there's a good chance he isn't in Toronto next year and that there's a there's a chance his value tanks. But if I'm competing, I'll trade for him now and worry about that part after the season. And I should say that, you know, he was good before, but he was not this. But he was also playing in Oakland, which is not the best hitter's haven. So he went from a pitcher's park to a hitter's park with a extremely good lineup around him. He may not dip back down to what he like what he was in Oakland if he goes to like a neutral park or a neutral a normal situation. Or you know he's going to be a free agent and he's probably going to collect whenever we baseball resumes. And I think he'll probably. I mean he'll should be go to a good team. I, I I just I've I've traded for him when Tatis went down in April in one of my dyna, in my other dynasty league and I I thought I overpaid for him when I did. And and when it, now 2 months later I realize I got a heck of a bargain. I just uh, oh yeah, anybody that anybody that acquired Simeon in the offseason got a bargain. Yes. I mean no matter no matter pretty much no matter what so i just don't think guys like that when they're performing at this level are going to get sold for cheap i think that they are valued incredibly high right now am i certain he's going to be a top 30 player a year from now no he's one of the riskiest guys in this group right here but right now in season yeah i I would love to have that guy yeah no i definitely i definitely get that um Love where you have Grisham. I know we've kind of talked about how I know we both like him, so kind of I like that ranking there. Um, let's talk about the, the kids down here at thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and forty with Witt, Luciano, and Abrams. I know, I know. Last time I remembered you saying when we did our draft that you had Abrams ahead of Julio. Um, is he? Did you lower Abrams because of the injury? Ah. <sighs> You know, you. I saw this question. I thought because uh, this, because I remember this talk when you drafted Abrams in the draft. You said I he I have him ahead of Julio, and it's not um, which is totally fine by the way. But it's not one of those things that 
um, like when we were talking about it being a midseason ranking being different, I mean, that's not going to affect a guy like Julio or Abram. So I was just wondering if you lowered him because he got hurt or if you, I mean, what ha- what changed there? Well, like I said, I think I have Julio a little higher and I wish the gap was closer between him and these three because I think they're all pretty dang close. And I don't, I wish, I saw this question and I even tried going to Twitter and searching to see. When Abrams got hurt, I saw a tweet about something with his hitting this year that made me at least pause a little and be like, I might be just slightly over aggressive with him right now. And it's not, it wasn't anything that made me like want to drop him seriously. I really wish I could tell you what that tweet was. Cause I can't remember. But when I saw that, I was I at least raised my eyebrow a little bit for his performance this year. Maybe I, I can't remember what the, what it was. It was some stat that made me go, huh, that's interesting. And I, I can't remember it. So no, yeah, that's, that's fine. It's part just... of, it's one of those deals. I think that him, if you hit me up with, Julio Witt, Luciano, and Abrams and told me to rank him. This is another one of those that I think I would probably give you a different different order by day. So I think Julio and these guys all need to be closer together. And, yeah, it's just whatever. They're all fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Um, anything else with these guys? Obviously, Freeman, Nolan, Correa, Judge, they're kind of guys that you're Wanting to use, you know, if you're right in the hunt, you know, like guys competing and stuff like that. But any more thoughts? or No, I think here? we can move on to the next guys. I mean, those guys are all very valuable players. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know by now how this goes. Andrew and I got to talking about dynasty rankings and we went long because that's what we do when we get talking to talking about anything dynasty related. So we had to do what we've done so many other times and split this show in two. But don't fear if you're listening to this in the next day or so since I posted it. We will have the next episode out Saturday morning where we will talk about the rest of the top 100 and some strategy-based, have some strategy-based conversations. One of these days, Andrew and I might figure out how to do a one-hour podcast <laughs> when talking about Dynasty. And when I say one of these days, I mean, no, that I don't mean that. We won't ever figure it out. But hey, that means you're getting more content and we will be back in a couple days where you'll get to hear about the rest of our top 100. And until then, take care, everybody. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, We would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us, baseball365pod at gmail.com. And if you like the show, take a moment, rate us on iTunes. And once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook. That's where baseball lives 365 days a year. 